Greetings from the Athletics Recreation Center. A few pre-pod announcements for you. Children are to be under the supervision of a parent or guardian at all times. Valparaiso University is a smoke-free campus. Please refrain from using tobacco products anywhere on university property. We thank you for your cooperation. And now your hosts from Las Vegas, Nevada, Parker Gatewood, and from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Paul Oren. Welcome to Union Street Hoops! Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a weekly podcast that can be heard every week on NWI.com and on iTunes. What's up? I'm your host, Paul Oren, at NWI Oren on Twitter. And I am your co-host, Parker Gatewood, at Parker B. Gatewood on Twitter. Parker, we had an exhibition game. We had a game. Oh, man. And it was it was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time. We'll get to that. Um, first things first. You have some stuff going I on. I do, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm interested I, in this. I don't know how I'm going to sound right now. So far, uh, so good. If if I if I sound different, it's because I've had an extensive amount of dental work done in the last week and a half. Right. Um, so little known fact. I mean, it's widely known if you looked at me, but not if you knew uh, the story. Um, so seven years ago, on my birthday in Las Vegas, my stepbrother and I are embroiled in a f- uh, furious competitive air hockey match. <laughs> And this is what we do. Like we we go all out in air hockey, and uh, he uh, he hits the puck or the disc, and it and it it goes airborne. It's normal for us to go airborne with when we're playing air sure, hockey. Sure, yeah, absolutely. It's, we almost spend more time trying to hit the the thing off the table. And if it's a bad <laughs> air hockey machine, this was at the Riviera, which is no longer even a, right. around. Yep. Um, if it's a bad air hockey machine that doesn't really keep the grip, it it these things are going to go flying. Oh, yeah, sure. And we used to do this when we were kids to kind of impress people around us. Like, could we, could we, uh, you know, get the disc to fly or the puck or whatever right. you call Grab it. Grab some attention. So, anyways, it's my 30th birthday. It was seven years ago. And this thing goes flying uh, right at me, and it hits me square in the mouth. And, I, I you know, I drop my, my whatever, the – what do you even call the thing? Yeah, that's you, a good question. Um the handle? The handle? I yeah, guess. sure. Yeah. So Let's I drop that. that. I immediately cover my face. I pull my hands away, expecting to see blood gushing out. And I don't, but I spit out part of my tooth into my <laughs> hand. It chipped my front tooth. Right. And okay, fine. It's my 30th birthday. I'm in Las Vegas. I'm not going to go to a dentist's office that day. Yeah, have, sure. Because I had chipped that front tooth on two other occasions. Oh, wow. Uh, Doing what? Went over the handlebars of a bike when I was in fifth grade. Sure. And then, uh, then about it, two years later, I was playing uh, a version of Base Runner, the baseball game where you oh, run yeah. back and forth and people try to tag you mm-hmm. or whatever, and uh, took a hard tag to the face and chipped the tooth. Wow. So, uh, long story short, I uh, I hate going to the dentist. Yeah. Hate it. Oh, no, yeah. yeah fun fact, um, actually, half of one and three-fourths of the other, both my front teeth are fake. Really? Okay. Yep. Well, wakeboarding. I uh, first time I got up, tried to go outside the wake, whiplash so hard that it broke my teeth. It's terrible. It was great. That's a cool story. My well, air hockey's kind of cool. I think too. air hockey's pretty air cool. Air hockey's kind of on my birthday in Vegas. They're both sports related. I mean, yeah. it would have been different if you were like my little sister slapped me. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, needless to say, I think I went to the dentist 
like, I don't know, six months after it happened, because I'm stubborn, right? Oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, we can fix the tooth, but we need to do a root canal on your front tooth. Well, who's got time for a root canal? <laughs> right, sure. Who's got time for a root canal on your front tooth where, and I, I did some research of the science of a root canal, uh-huh. and like, good luck eating a hard, solid food ever again on your front tooth. <laughs> I mean, a little bit that I know. I'm naive sure. to this. People are listening back at home like, no, I've got a root canal. You'll be fine. <laughs> right. I didn't want to hear it. Uh-huh. I was like, no. Just didn't no, want it to happen. Didn't want it to happen. No time for that. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so I've got a chipped front tooth. I look like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Whatever. Like, just I won't look at myself in the mirror, and I'll be fine. I don't have to look at my front tooth being sure. chipped. And so then, then it's like, okay, then I started to meet people, and, you know, you see students and all of that. And it's like, uh, yeah, no, I, I know I look weird. Leave it alone. <laughs> like, don't don't come at me with the you look like a freak because you've got a chipped front tooth. Sure. And, um, and so, okay, long story short, I put it off. I put it off. Obviously, seven years. And, and, and oh, and again, also Vegas-related. No, of course. And tooth-related. Back molar. I'm, I'm visiting my best friend out in Vegas for his birthday like two years ago, and I'm eating pretzels at a bar. Chipped my back molar. Tell like, you it was basically a dead tooth and, and cracked it. And so I was like, okay, I got to get that taken care of. So I wait two years because that's what I do. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so finally, about, about two weeks ago, uh, I'm, I, I'm a bit into something, and the pain in my back molar just, it was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. Sure. And uh, to the point, I don't know what an abscessed tooth is. Oh, boy. But I felt like that might have been, I mean, again, Google can lead you to some dark <laughs> places. Right, yeah. And so, funny enough, later on in this podcast, there's going to be an interview with Ali Berdiel, a former Valpo basketball player who's in Puerto Rico now. That's and right. we're going to be talking all about uh, the hurricane relief in Puerto Rico and what's going on. Um, now, I did that interview about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. I haven't gotten around to including it yet because we wanted to talk about some other stuff with Missouri Valley Media Day last week. Yes. Uh, the day that I interviewed Ali was the height of this pain that I had on my mouth. And oh, man. I was actually, so I interviewed him in my office uh, over the phone, and I was pacing around my office during the interview because I was in so much pain. Oh, my gosh. That, and so I, I think I actually am interested to actually go back myself and listen to this interview <laughs> I did with Ali. I don't remember. You haven't heard it yet. No, I haven't gone back and edited it oh, yet. Oh, this should be interesting. And because I was in so much pain when I was doing this interview. Yeah. And I, I know that the interview is not as good as it probably should be because I was just like, well, you know, I was like, man, I got to, I got to end this interview. I got to go do something. We can't so, all have a flu game, you know? Exa- yeah. Yeah. Well, this was the Ali Berdiel interview for me. was my flu game. <laughs> and you just, you just scored like 15 though. It was, yeah, a, it was a solid yeah. performance. So, ap- so after that was done, the Ali interview, which you'll hear later on in this podcast, I, I went to Walgreens and I self-medicated. I bought a bunch of Aurigel, which yep. is uh, like basically gum numbing mm-hmm. stuff, and just like slathered this on my. I mean, I was in so much pain. Oh, I can imagine that's tooth pain. You know, it's all the little things: tooth pain, like Hang-nails, finger pain. Yeah, yeah those, those. It's just they. They're debilitating. They're awful. Yes. So I was, but I'm stubborn, and it, I hate going to the dentist. We've stated this. Yeah, but no, I need to reiterate. <laughs> oh no, like, yeah. Okay, Absolutely. crack front tooth broke it chipped molar that half the tooth is now cracked and gone away right abscess tooth <laughs> probably a filling oh and by the way my fourth wisdom tooth i got the first three out when i was 20 
the fourth one had broken through. Of course. And was just chilling in the back of my mouth. Sure. It wasn't bothering me, but it was there. So Saturday, uh, about a week and a half ago now, I, I'm at uh, I'm at volleyball semi-state or regionals, volleyball regionals, and I'm uh, tears are coming down. I'm taking oh, I'm man. taking all sorts of drugs. I'm taking Tylenol this, Orgel that. Um, I mean, heavy hitting stuff. You got to switch from Tylenol. Just yeah, to side no, note. no. I had like the Tylenol like for the the Kentucky Derby winner. <laughs> you know that I mean. Okay. <laughs> like, All right. And so I finally get on the phone. I text Rob Barron. Who is uh, who's a big fan of the Valpo basketball program? Goes to the games all the time. Shout out from, to Rob from Valpo Family Dentistry. This isn't a commercial because I don't think I'm allowed to do that. But <laughs> let me tell you, Rob's my guy. Right. I text Rob. I said, Rob, I'm dying, like literally dying. <laughs> what can you do for me? And uh, he says, he says, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get you in. And so the uh, I did Missouri Valley Media Day. I was uh, on all sorts of pain medication. Wait, so you did meet? You also did media day with the same kind of pain? Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. No, I went. I, 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 I took. I got on the Greyhound bus and popped some Tylenol PM to knock myself out. Golly. This I do. I look. I do not recommend self-medicating to anybody. <laughs> right, this right. Is, it's probably bad. My yeah. liver is probably, you know, empty uh, you know, at this point. It is what it is. So. Uh, but actually, after I made the appointment with Rob, then it started not hurting. That was like, and so it was like, of course. do I follow through or do I cancel the appointment or whatever? So I got back from Missouri Valley Media Day at uh, at whatever, uh, 1.30 in the morning on Wednesday morning, and I had an appointment with my consultation with him at 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, a couple like six and a half hours later. The next day, Thursday, the day, uh, two days after Media Day, I got two teeth pulled. The cracked molar, <laughs> which was basically down to like 30% of the tooth. Yep. And then I got the wisdom tooth pulled out. Yeah. So that's been fun to deal with that. And then. Uh, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so <laughs> then today I went in. Uh, we're recording this at 1130. Today I went in at 730 and had my front tooth fixed and a filling done. Right. And um, and so now at this point i've got like a pearly white smile i'm like dustin from stranger things too if anyone <laughs> has paid attention to that and uh gotta keep with the trends yeah and things are good but now at this point i i'm i'm learning first of all half my mouth is numb as we as we're doing this because mm-hmm. I, I have a filling in there and this will wear off as we're going uh but i have to like reteach myself how to talk because now I have a, a, a real front tooth. Well, not a, I have a fake front tooth. Right. But I have an actual, like, full front tooth again. Yeah, it's a, I bet it's different. It's very strange right now. <laughs> this, is a, this is a stranger thing. Uh, it's, uh, it's crazy. Oh, so, oh I, yeah. I, there they go. It caught yeah. on. You know, I didn't. Yeah, I know, you, I know you don't have time for TV. But Stranger <laughs> Things, let me tell you, for those who are listening. I hear it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Great show. Season two. You just started watching out. another show, too, didn't you? I did, yeah. You um, tweet about it. Yeah, this is uh, this is tough. Thanks <laughs> I, for outing me on this one. I just one. wanted to make me you know, bring Th- this yeah, thanks, light. thanks for outing me on this one. Uh, Riverdale was uh, was one that uh, one of your roommates, as a matter of fact, was on me to to, uh, to yep. start watching. Yep. And uh, Brandon Vickery, I think. Absolutely. No, maybe your other roommate. And, <laughs> Could have uh, been. And so I said, you know what? I, I'm going to give it a try. And I watched the first episode, and it was partially awful and partially like okay. Right, I, 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 I can see I can see how this is interesting. <laughs> sure, it was like, yeah, I, I I don't know. The only reason I'm watching it is because I'm 
I'm trying not to like go and eat bad food and 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 you know I'm I'm just trying to chill at home and and recover from this dentistry yes. work I've had. So <laughs> take your mind off yeah, things. Riverdale is uh, I don't know. Once college basketball games start in earnest, I don't think I'll have time for Riverdale. Yeah, probably not. So probably not. if you want to binge over the weekend with me, we can go through Riverdale. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, sure. No, no, thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, for those who are done listening to my dentistry woes. Uh, so you, you spent, you spent a year training for American Ninja Warrior. I spent seven years ignoring my, <laughs> my teeth. And, yes. Uh, sometimes we got to talk about our personal Your lives journey is much more impressive. I okay, must say. Sure. Sure. Let's talk impressive. 117 points. Yeah. Left. Most since what? 93. Yeah. Uh, 96. 96. Yeah, just dropped 118 against Chicago state yeah. in the mid con first round we don't have all the exhibition scores but i can't remember ever getting north of 110 in an exhibition yeah. game that was a lot of points last night yeah it uh and and obviously so robert morris wanted to press and when <laughs> you press you open yourself up to give up transition mm-hmm. baskets and when you press against a team that's far more athletic than you are you're you're basically saying we're going to play three on five defense, right? right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's I mean it opens up for more errors, you know, open court, fast break points, those kind of things. So so how much stock do you put in Valpo's performance last night? I mean, I don't think they're ever going to score 117 right. again this year. I think, the, I think the one thing that kind of stuck out last night was not just because, you know, you can look at stats and you can say, oh, wow, that's really impressive and all that. But just um, just seeing, you know, that I think personally that this team still has a lot of depth, and that's things that, you know, in the past, the past few years, this, you know, Valpo has been accustomed to. They've always gone at least, you know, eight deep. And those, those teams that went to, you know, the NIT and to play Maryland, I mean, those were like 10 deep. Yeah. You could really put in anyone on those teams. Yeah. So, but... For this one, you know, the, obviously the only thing that I think we're going to find out along the way is about, you know, the youth and freshmen and how they'll play and how they'll look against. You know. We were we were standing next to each other during the game yep. last night, and, and there were a couple times that we were, like, at a dunk contest, like, hold me back. Oh, my right, God, these, right. are, these plays right. are amazing. And then there were a couple of times when we kind of looked at each other and were like, freshmen get a freshman. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go player by player here. I just want to let's talk about each player and and things we saw that we liked or didn't like or anything like mm. that. Uh, we'll start with Tavon Walker, the 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 go to guy. Looked like I thought the the first possession of the game was a three pointer in the corner from him, and I felt like maybe that set the tone. Like okay, it's my time. Yeah. And uh, I I felt that you know he played 17 minutes. He didn't play a ton, but he 16 points. Seven rebounds, four steals, three assists. You take that. Right? Yeah, he came out firing, and you know I, there was one, there was one play in the game specifically I remember. But he had, he just gotten the ball. I think he may have, it may have been one of his four steals, and he came down the court, and this guy he like he like barely stepped inside the arc, and then he just stepped back and just fired with no conscience, conscious, and like the shot clock, you know, was still almost full, and he netted it, and yeah. I was like, okay, this is. If this is going to be a thing all year, then, I, I mean, that's okay. It's interesting when you take a player who's been a complimentary secondary scorer for most of his career. I really like the third. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, Peters and then Shane, Shane. and then Tavon. And even before 
you know, when 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 Tavon was a freshman, you know, he yep. wasn't he was a freshman and yep. he wasn't counted on to do a ton there. I mean, they had E. Victor on that team, mm-hmm. and Darian on that team, and all of that. So, uh, but but to see him, you saw flashes of it at the end of the season last year when he was kind of forced into that role. But now it looked natural. And yeah, I thought I thought it comfortable. Really I think is the word that would fit him for this, you know, this kind of bigger role. Uh, the only other returner in the starting lineup last night was uh, Jay Soroya. 15, or no, 16 minutes, 5 of 7 from the floor, 11 points and 5 rebounds. Um, thought he played well, didn't, you know, took advantage of his size. Mm. And, and I think he and Smits are both two guys that, uh, that are going to do well in that game. But I thought also the pace of the game, there weren't a lot of entry passes down low. Most of those points were off of, off of. I mean, unless you're yeah Bakari, rebounds and, and they're not really entry passes from Bakari. <laughs> they're highlight reel passes right. inside. That what was that? Repeat the quote that we got earlier from from Coach about Bakari. Well, but I mean, Coach Lodick has said, and I remember this was like in April when we were going through talking about each player, and I said, "What do you think about Bakari?" And and first of all. Game changer, Bakari Evelyn. Right. So is it Evelyn? Because I, I thought I thought because you said at the start he said Evelyn, and then I thought in the middle I heard Evelyn, but I just I don't know. I have no idea. Bakari. We'll Bakari. Bakari. Cool. Uh, so Coach Lada had said at one point uh, the prettiest turnovers you'll ever see, <laughs> and they were. And yeah, and he had uh, you know Bakari had uh, four of them. Yep. Uh, but I thought Bakari's passes inside. Mm. To, to Jay, I thought were were and to Derek and were fun to watch. Yes, and uh, and I think Jay, Jay showed that last year with the little one-two game with Alec that he would play. Alec would get him some crazy entry passes inside, and if Jay can handle those, you know they. I think the biggest concern about this team is can you finish at the rim? Yep, and that's not just Jay. That was a lot of people last night you right. know, going up for these highlight reel dunks and. And making things a bit more difficult than they probably needed. Ah, uh, sure. Joe Burton, three of three from the field, uh, two of two from the three-point line, made all of his free throws. He actually buried a three-pointer from the corner that got waved off because there was a foul earlier in the play. Mm-hmm. So he hit all four shots that he attempted during the game. Um, you know, it didn't. It, the numbers don't jump off the screen. But what did you think of your first impression of Joe Burton? No, I thought he looked impressive. I thought he was solid. Well, yeah, I mean, and they're not going to jump off the screen because he only played 16 minutes. So just you know, to have 11 in that time span. But but yeah, I mean, you saw the, you know, he shot perfectly. I just I I think that Joe last night looked like what we kind of expected Joe would look like. I think coming into the season, we thought you know he's probably going to be a one or two guy, right? Yeah. And I, I think that was pretty evident, you know, with him and Tavon out there on the court at the same time, that those are going to be the two primary scoring options. Fun to watch those guys play together. And he can float. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can, <laughs> he he can, can float. These guys can move. Oh, uh, man. Parker Hazen got a start. and you know that He who, did. Who's going to play the four has been a question. And I think what you see from Parker, first of all, you, 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 yeah, oh my gosh. You've been lamenting. we got to talk about this. You've been lamenting the fact that there's now a, another Parker. I, you know, I think I've only met six of us 
in my life. I've, I, first of all, I've never, I've never met this Parker. I already, I like him just based on the name. You know, one of the lead receivers for the uh, resurgent VU football team is named Parker as well. Parker oh, Fox. Fox. Yeah, oh, Fox. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That, that, okay, this, that's too much. So how about that? Parker F, Parker G, and Parker H. Oh my gosh. That means nothing. I, I mean, just like, it's I just like you know letters, letters and yeah. Okay. There's a lot of us. I don't know if I'm comfortable with it, but it's okay. <laughs> You're the OG. Uh, well, yeah. No. The original Gatewood. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so ten rebounds. That's yeah. No, I thought I thought he played well. He had a handful of turnovers. You know, freshmen are going to have turnovers their first game. Mm-hmm. Um, I he he was the only guy who didn't make a shot. Again, another one who probably needs to, to you know finishing at the rim. Was 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 in their new rims, by the way. Do you notice that their new yes. rims? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, every yeah everything they have the State Farm you know padding on yeah. the on that too. I think yeah it's it, it looks cool. As as someone who's played a lot of basketball, what what does it take a while to get used to new rims? I mean, you've played a lot of basketball in the arc as well. Right. Sure. Um. I I wouldn't say necessarily for me, but like, but again, that's for me. You know, when you play it at such a, a higher level. Just for you know, from what I, he- what I hear, it can be. You know, there was a story of, of Kobe, that he was warming up one game, and he went over to one of the maintenance guys and said, "Hey, you need to lower this rim. It's a quarter of an inch too high." So, like, you know, obviously, someone like me, I would never be able to know something like that. But it, you know, if if it's something different and it's something you're not used to, for players that play at that level, I'm sure it could be you know different. So absolutely. Uh, I thought that Parker shined in his uh, in his rebounding and and I think you know it's unfair to him. it's going to be unfair to him because he's the freshman that's coming in the starting lineup. People are going to point and say, "Hey, look, it's a white power forward. <laughs> he's a freshman who has kind he of a started. similar build. He has a similar build. He's going to be Alec Peters, right? And that's unfair, very to, much so to Peters and to Parker Hayes. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I thought though that. You know when he started when and he was out there, I thought he looked comfortable. Like I thought, like he felt that he belonged out there on the court with everyone that was there. Yeah. So and, I thought that was promising. And look, ten rebounds in twenty-three minutes. That's that's good. Oh yeah, that's I'm solid. Sure. And then uh, the last starter, and we kind of touched on him earlier, and he is so fun to watch. Bakari. He is. He can. I mean, he has flashy passing. He ha- he has a great handle on the ball, and. He has good, you know, he has good vision too. I think it's, you know, it's just what we've been talking about. Sometimes probably too good a vision. It's, it's, yeah. He's got like 10-10 vision, you know what I'm saying? It's one game, but how much of Keith Carter did you see out there? What, what, Uh, I mean, how does it compare? How does it different? I mean, you know what's interesting about Valpo? They've always had really good floor generals, no matter who, Keith, Lexus. Eric Bugs. Bugs. Bugs was great. Now Bakari, I mean... But Bakari could be, and this is all due respect to Eric Bugs. Bakari could be Bugs with a jumper. No, no, for sure, absolutely. And well, I, th- I mean, I think let's, you know, let's be real. I think even Bugs would tell you, you know, that he could have improved his jump, jump shooting a little bit here. Well, he certainly had it going when they beat Wright State. Yes, the, absolutely. The, but, but, but Bacari no, yeah, definitely. Fun. No, he was very good. And I, I didn't know really what his jump shot looked like, but it was, uh, it was, you know, three to five. Solid. Seven points, five assists, and four rebounds in 20 minutes. I I don't know what his rebounding acumen is, but if there was ever a triple-double threat, and that's lofty right, to yeah, say yeah. that. No, for sure. But, 
but he looked like he's got good vision to go and track down the rebound, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he was now granted against Robert Morris, his size is not discrepancy right. is not gonna be that big. Robert Moore, you know, so in against a D one team, I don't know that Bakari is gonna be the one going in there and getting the rebounds. But right. still those are some tasty numbers when you look at the first game. Definitely. Let's look at the bench and we'll go kind of in reverse order of impact because I want to I want to end with uh, with Southwest um, absolutely and uh, okay uh, Martin uh, Linson uh, 18 minutes five points five rebounds one block last guy off the bench mm-hmm. young raw player don't know what to expect from him and I don't know what kind of minutes he'll get it's probably going to be a work in progress for him right right yeah I was going to say if there was one guy that you know, when really didn't, you know, make my eye pop at any time. It was probably, it was probably Linson. But I, again, young, you yeah. know, has a lot of time. He's a big, he's a big dude. You know, he's a big body. He's got a lot of time to, you know, work on game and get experience probably even this year and in future years. So I don't, you know, it's an exhibition game. It's a good learning experience that he got 18 minutes. He, uh, I do think that he had shown that he's got some good footwork inside yes. the paint. Yes. Mm-hmm. And another one who had rapidly improved footwork was Derek Smith. Derek Smith. Oh, and yeah. He only played 10 minutes, but he had seven points. He had two amazing blocks. Right. I mean, those were. <laughs> he got up for them. Those were shut up and leave the court blocks <laughs> is what those were. Sure. Um, four rebounds. I, and uh, some dunks. Yeah. Uh, Smith's. Like, it, like, everyone was flying high. It was night. great. It, was, it was a lot of fun. Smith's was, was fun to watch. Yes. And. And the hustle, I mean, he ended up tackling one of the torch photographers. <laughs> right, uh, right. I, I, he was all over the place, and it was fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching Derek last night. I agree. And, uh, and I, you know, again, I think I think the big questions for this Valpo team are going to be the four and the five spot. What kind of production are Soroya and Smith going to give the team, and what kind of production were they going to get out of Hazen or McMillan or Linson or whomever? Or do they play four guards and, and a big? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or did they? I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where we're going to see Smiths and Soroy on the floor at the same time, but I, I just don't think there's a need for it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it'd be fun. Oh but, yes, most definitely. But you know, well, because when you you know when you think about it, you know, those are two of your biggest players, right? But you, I feel like putting them on the court at the same time is almost kind of you know just a waste of time that you could not a waste of time but a, a waste of time that you could get someone else experience in one of those spots you know yeah. what i mean i think maybe as they get older and they log more court time maybe as juniors we'll see i don't know we'll, right yeah they, their first game they ever played they were on the floor together mm. and i don't know if that was a lot of just saying hey i can do this and then it never happened again <laughs> right okay uh, malik mcmillan freshman from merrillville high school nearby uh, Inter- this was a, this was an interesting case. Twelve points, which I don't even know how that happened. I, right. don't, re- I don't even remember him shooting the ball much. He <laughs> had a couple dunks. He had the three pointer that, that put him over a hundred points for yep. the game. What uh, he had he had three fouls. What did you? This is your first time seeing him play. What yes. did you think? Yeah, honestly, I didn't know a lot about Malik at all. Like, I mean, anything. I didn't. I hadn't really done much research on him. I barely knew what he looked like, but. I mean, yeah, he was he was pretty impressive out there. Now he he looked like a freshman at he, times. He was the one that made a couple of things where we looked at each other yes. like, 
okay, freshmen are going to freshmen. Right. Like, I mean, there was, you know, there were times when, you, you know, ho- hoisted up a shot and you're like, oh, boy, what was what was going on? But then there were other times where he, he, just, he netted it and, you know, and he was he's strong down low at times. I mean, he was – I think the, the main thing that I saw was that he looked body-wise like he, you know, really could be – like what Lodic was talking about, about how he doesn't know how good he is yet. Yeah, and you see these guys who come in as freshmen, and they go through the entire year of the weight conditioning plan with D-Bowl. Yes. And they come back as sophomores. shout-out to D-Bowl. Yeah. That, that he, man. What he does to those guys, and, I mean, Malik is a guy who, and, and you know, I'm in the arc fairly often going around doing different stuff, and 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 Malik all summer long. Malik and Parker were living in the weight room. Yeah, and and I think you can see that with Parker. Yeah, certainly. definitely. And uh, and Malik as well. Uh, Malik was a guy in high school. Was never the guy. Was never you know. And he really exploded in his AAU season before his senior year of high school. And that's when Valpo went after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think he will have the the fastest zero to sixty in terms of improvement over the course of the year. And, I, I, again, I don't know how many minutes he'll get. I mean, he's going to have to get some time because they need people to play the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be fun to watch his growth throughout the year. And, uh, and, and, a, and a great a great personality, very funny guy. Yeah. Um, yeah he was on the uh, – he was singing on the, on the that big board. Was that was the great. Best, the best <laughs> timeout entertainment video I have seen Ever. in years. It was Valpo. very I, – I, like – the fact that they even chose, you know, a Michael Jackson song. and For people who weren't there, during one of the timeouts, they did this video where they, they did, like, name that tune. And it was Steve Helm, who is a transfer, uh, is a Valpo High kid, mm-hmm. who is uh, going to sit out this year and then is going to go on his Mormon mission for two years. And then, like, a couple presidents from now, he's going to end up being eligible to be able to play. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Steve Helm was there. And uh, and then it was um, it was Malik, and they were singing Michael Jackson. And first of all, shout out to Steve Helm. That guy is you know singing at. I mean, if if he goes to Franklin for karaoke, <laughs> it's off. It's it's over. He was singing. He was good. And then Malik was just kind of like staring at the words, like kind of humming along or right. whatever. <laughs> like hopefully they do some more of those and they get him out of his shell. But that was. That was a shout out to Phil George and the IMC stuff. Yeah, that was, that was good. good. That was very good. And how about the intro video they did? Now, like, yeah, I'm, I didn't get to see it live because I came late, but I saw it on. It's uh, up online now. So yeah. They uh, they did this really cool thing where they took highlights of plays that were done last year, mm-hmm. and they had the players recreate that a little bit. It was really kind of cool. It was yeah. A fun fun game day experience. Okay, a couple players left here. Uh, the old man, uh, Max Joseph, uh, eleven points. Six assists, four rebounds, seven of seven the from the man. free throw line. He is. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, on this team, it's true. What I mean, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people are like, "Well, he's a senior; he's got to start." Well, uh, Bakari's going to start. Yeah, right. But Max, I thought, I, I think when you can bring Max and and Marcus off the bench, there's not a big drop off there. And no. I thought that Max played well, and and, and Max again, is, he played that six man role, you know, kind of last year too. And again, another offensive rebound. He just he gets in there and grabs, rips down offensive rebounds. He does. And, and fun to watch. Uh, okay, two guys left. Micah Bradford, 17 points. Where did that come from? Well, I would tell you, but I was too busy trying to follow where he was because that man is so quick. It is crazy. I didn't even realize he took 14 shots. Yeah, 
Oh, no, he was hoisting. He was definitely. Two of four from three, one of two from the free throw line. He had five rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. Michael Bradford with the block. <laughs> right. That. I don't know where his minutes come from, but you got to give him minutes. Oh, right? no, abso- I think so. This the, uh, Micah Bradford, to me, is like a bonus player to have. Sure. Because you've got Bakari at the point. You've got Max at the backup there. You've got Devon uh, at the guard. two. You've got Marcus Golder, who we'll get to in a little bit, as mm-hmm. kind of a backup there. Um, you've got Joe Burton at the three. And, and Marcus is probably, again, kind of a combo two-three backup. Yep. So Micah... It doesn't really slot into like a traditional, but you got to give him minutes, right? Yeah, no. Well, and I think we saw yesterday his progression from last year, right? I mean, I, he not only did he get better athletically, he looked a little bit bigger, he looked more comfortable on the court. I mean, I was re- I was really impressed by what Micah did yesterday. I thought he uh, he did very transition well. game also. He did a great job of moving from end to end with the basketball in control and like weighing options. Yeah, and I think I think uh the person who summed it up the best was Fulmer Drew. Oh, who, was, who tweeted out such a like, way with words. I think Fomer Drew tweeted out, uh, I hope you all didn't forget that Micah Bradford is good at basketball. <laughs> and, I mean, he was good. At, I mean, yes. I, I saw him in the hallway afterward, after the game last night, and I said, where did you get 17 points? <laughs> I looked down and you had six. I looked back up and he had 17. And then maybe the favorite player to watch last night uh, and might be the favorite player to watch all season is Marcus Golder. Marcus Golder. Uh, you nicknamed him Southwest. Southwest. Bags are free. Uh, he he tweeted earlier uh, that that is a, uh, I mean, what, what? It's bag season. Yeah. So so explain to the listeners. Is it is it because you if you dunk on someone you're putting them in a body bag? Is that <laughs> it? Is that? I have no idea. I'm We're looking at each other like we don't know. <laughs> Okay, Marcus. Uh, bags fly free. Southwest, um, which he's from the Pacific Northwest, so I don't think it works. Right. Well, you know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> right. So Marcus Golder, eight of eleven shooting. So the one, the one drawback was I didn't think he was going to get a lot of time early because he got two fouls mm-hmm. like immediately upon checking in the game. Yep. In the first half, he played four minutes and had three fouls. In the second half, he played sixteen minutes and he only had one foul. And uh, man. He made some electric, electric plays. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we saw, you know, in the offseason, the videos, and we knew that this guy could really get up there. And he just he put it on display. But also, you know, he, he flexed the jumper a little bit, too. And the, you know, ability to get to the rim. I mean, he was overall just really impressive. He was a lot of fun to watch. Yes. And, and if there's one thing I can say about this team – Look, they're not all going to be 117 to 69 point wins. It's not going to happen. Right. The Valpo had 22 turnovers last night. Mm-hmm. Like they had 22 turnovers against a team that isn't necessarily going to make you pay for turnovers. Take no. nothing away from Robert Morris. They're a good team. They're a good team for their level. Top top 15 in the country at an NAIA Division Two. Their starting lineup was limited by foul trouble. Um, you know they they played the night before against Bradley. They're they're, I mean it's two biggest games of the year in terms of exhibitions that they're playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know before they get into to their level, um, 
Valpo's not going to be able to run like that against everybody. And so no. those turnover. Uh, and, and, again, when you run like that, you're going to make riskier passes and you're going to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt like uh, if whatever this team ends up being this year, they're going to be fun to watch. Very fun. That is, I think that's going to be the theme the entire year because not only do you have guys that can do multiple things at multiple positions, but, I mean, they're all athletes. They're, you know, I mean, and they're all crazy athletes. Uh, I don't think there was a question about can Matt Lodick recruit. I don't think that was ever a question. No, no. But if anyone had that question, you can get you can ask another one now. Right, you're <laughs> probably done, we're answered. Done with that one. Yeah. That one's answered. And that's the interesting thing about this. And 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 I think we briefly talked about this in some other episodes of, of the podcast. You know, last year was the beginning of the Matt Lodick era, and yeah, it was. But it was with Bryce Shear's players. Mm-hmm. Not, and they were Matt Lodick's players, too, because he was here. He was an assistant. He helped recruit all those guys, too. So, like, let's not act like he didn't have a, a say in building the program. But this year, Parker Hazen is, you know, brought in by Lodick. Bakari, Joe Burton, Jay Soroya, four of the five starters brought in by Lodick. Uh, Bradford. Now, Bradford and Soroya were both on the radar before Bryce Drew left, but Bradford has not played for Bryce Drew. That's sure. a Lottick guy. Uh, Golder, Linson, McMillan, all Lottick guys. Smits never played for Bryce Drew, was here at Redshirt of that year. And so you're down to Tavon Walker and Max Joseph, the only two guys left from even two years ago. So yeah. think about how much of a turnover that is. You think about the NIT run from just from just two years ago. It's a completely new roster. Totally new team. And, I mean, and look how things have panned out for players that have recently, you know, graduated. You know, they're all doing well and they're all playing basketball. I mean, it, you know, recruiting hasn't in these last few years has not been a problem. No. Because everyone's panned out, you know, very well. Lexus Williams made his debut with Boise State last night. Saw and, that. Uh, they, they won. They beat a, a, a small team from around that area. Uh, he started 23 minutes. Uh, two points, I think, uh, four or five assists, a couple of rebounds, um, and, and did did pretty well. So I actually texted him last night. Here's the I'll, I'll end with this, Parker. While it was a lot of fun last night, there was the small part that was just a little, I don't know, sad is the word, but um, yeah, you mentioned it this. was odd. It was it was odd not to see. And, and one thing is the players, you know, not seeing Alec or Jabril mm-hmm. or Shane or Lexus was one thing, but. Not seeing, uh, you know, Mrs. Atacoya in the stands and not seeing Lex's father or Alex's family. Those are just, just used to seeing those people for the last four years and not right. seeing them. It was, it was a little different. And then the game started and you realize, well, life goes on. Yeah, you know? it's a new season. Because four years ago I was thinking, well, where's Brokoff? Where's Van Vyke? Where's Bogan? Where's yeah. Boggs? Where's Capabianco? And, and, and so it's just, it's just the changing nature of this. So, Indeed. All right, very good. Uh, I want to go back in time now. And uh, this is a special interview to do. We wanted to do it uh, earlier for episode 33 when Ali Berdiel, that was his jersey number. This is episode 41, which, man, we're up there. Well, here and, we're going. Uh, and, uh, and so here is a guy, and, and for those of you who don't know him, Ali Berdiel played with Valpo. He was, uh, he was a recruit that came in in the fall of 2001, my, my senior year of college, and, uh, and came in and had a great, great three years. He was doing really well, and then he had a foot injury. And the foot injury led to him 
you know, and he'll go into detail about that and had to sit out a year and it was very frustrating and painful and difficult. And, uh, and then ultimately um, came back for one final season, which is probably one of the, the bigger letdown years in Valpo history. They were loaded, bunch of seniors, and they just could never get it going. He'll talk about that. And, uh, but more importantly, Ali Berdiel lives in Puerto Rico and has been affected by the hurricanes that happened there. He'll go into detail about what that has been like. He'll talk about President Trump's visit to Puerto Rico and what that, what the fallout from that was. And, uh, and Ali is a guy who is going to not be afraid to speak his mind about a lot of things about, about that and, and really about his time at Valpo, some good, some bad. And, and for the old school Valpo fans here, don't worry, I do ask Ali about that play against Purdue. And, uh, and he goes into detail. So, Parker, next week, next episode will be the beginning of the season. That's right. Can't wait. Good You're stuff. excited. Excited. Very so, much so. All right, here is Ali Berdiel. Ali, thanks for taking the time. I know that you – you're going through a lot down there. First of all, where are you in Puerto Rico, and what uh, what's the status? Where what what what's the recovery effort like? Well, first of all, thank you for for having me on your show and your podcast. Um, I really appreciate that. Right now, I am in Ponce, which is my hometown. It's in the southern part of the island, and um, and I've been here. I was out here for the hurricane. Actually, there was two hurricanes. There was um, Irma, and then which only touched a little bit part of the north of the island, and then and then two weeks later it was Maria, which went right through the middle of the island. So, so right now I'm, I'm in the southern part of the island, and, and um, you know, as I as we've been talking um, through messages and stuff, the communication is horrible. Um, the internet, um, I mean, it's it's it's, it's pretty much like we had to go back like the first well even now the first couple of weeks um which was the worst we had to go back to like old school communications like we'll go to people's houses and leave notes because uh, the cell phone was down and and there's no way to communicate with other people what uh was your were your homes damaged at all no thank god mine wasn't and um obviously my family um everybody They've been okay. We we have um, um, when we where we live, we have three strong houses. Um, it's more in the middle of the island and in the mountains where where people were the most affected because um, the houses that are made out of um, wood um, and so the ceilings um, fell out. Um, they went they went away and like people's houses were completely destroyed. Um, and so so it's it's it was very very bad and and. and at the beginning, now it's settled a little bit more, but with gas and diesel, and, and, and obviously the power was out. Like only only like 20% of the island right now has power, and um, the the uh, gas was crazy. It, like because there was there was enough gas here in Puerto Rico for um, for the whole island, but the distribution and the logistics was a mess. Like there was no way because there was no communication. There was no way of, of Calling the drivers, the truck drivers, to um to get into the gas stations and stuff like that. So so there was no gas. You have to fill up your gas. I mean, as a precaution, as a precaution, you anyways you fill up your gas, um, you fill up your tank before the hurricane. But then like a week after that, when people were running out of gas, it was a mess. Like lines, people were standing in line for like 
six, seven, eight, ten hours. Um, people were camping out of gas stations to get gas. I mean, it was it was, it was pretty crazy. And plus, um, hospitals were running out of diesel, and um, since they were not getting the diesel there, I mean, people, I, I know some elderly people had died because of that, because of either oxygen, because generators at the hospitals didn't have um, didn't have the diesel and, um, and so on and so forth. You said you're at your brother's house right now. Obviously, I would think that it's a big effort in pitching in. Have people been staying with you guys? Kind of how has that been going? Well, the, uh, how, how it worked with me personally, I was fine. I mean, in my, I was living in an apartment, and then I was fine staying there. But obviously, in this type of, of, of emergency, you want to be with family. So I decided to go to my brother's house, and, um, and we were there. Um, I was there for like a week and a half. What uh, what what needs to happen next? Uh, I mean, is obviously there's you know the the president of the United States came there. Uh, there's been talk about recovery effort and everything. What what does Puerto Rico need to do next? Well, first of all, the, the, when Donald Trump came here, uh, it was a complete joke. <laughs> he visited. I mean, obviously everything is a structure, and and I know I know the Secret Service. Um, they they are the ones who set up the, the, the trip and all that. But he, he came to Puerto Rico. He went to probably one of, like, the best cities that that have recovered, like, the fastest. And um, he was he just an immediate tour. I mean, he just he came in. He started throwing, like, um, um, paper towel up to other people. Like, like I mean, it, it, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a joke. And, um. The place, the, the the place where he went wasn't affected at all. I mean, it was a cement structure place that that nothing happened there. So I mean, in, we needed him to go more towards the middle of the island, where still up to this day it's hard to get to. Helicopters are the only way to get there, and they they're not even in safe to land there. They have to throw food there, right there in the middle of the island. So um, it was just like a media. Um, tour for him and, and try he just he was just here for like five hours which i understand the president has a lot of things to do but um he could have he, he could have done so much more and he could have uh, he could have affected so many more lives and be more stronger took a strong take a stronger stand and um so we, we took that as a joke um mostly um which it wasn't good for his image which his image is already messed up here or is like the rest of the world anyways. But um, uh, other than that, uh, right now I- I've been trying to stay away from um, from news because everything is the same over and over. But the last time I, re- I saw the news, um, it was around 200,000 houses that were affected and only around 5,000 houses have been um, helped by FEMA, which obviously is not good. There's so many people, like right next to my, to my parents' house, there's a... Uh, 
I don't know an easy way to segue into talking about your time at Valpo Basketball, but I'm going to do that now. Uh, I'd like to, uh, obviously there's so much more that can be done in Puerto Rico, but I want to chat with you about your time at Valpo a little bit if we can uh, while we have you here. Um, You know, I was a senior myself as a student when you were a freshman back in the day, and, uh, and you came in. Your first year, you were on a team with a bunch of seniors, Lubos Barton, Milo Stovall, Jared Nunez. What were your first impressions of joining the Valpo basketball program? My, well, my first year, um, I know it was a transition year more than anything because, um, because the team was loaded with seniors. And I was very, I was very happy. Um, not very happy. I was, I was okay with, um, with my playing time um, and all that, obviously knowing that. I'm coming in as a freshman. I think I believe I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I was the only freshman coming in. That's correct. Um, yeah. So, so and I got playing time. I mean, I got, I got around 15 minutes per game playing, and uh, and then so Jared had um, Jared Nunez, um has been playing there for a while, and, and he did a great, a great job before me and while I was there too. So, I mean, that first year I understood. Um, so. It, it was okay to me. Plus, we won the conference, and we won the championship. We went to the NCAA, so so it was a good a good time. I remember going to Charlotte and winning a game at Charlotte. And after the game, you and I were standing out on the court, and you looked at me and you said, "We won this game." I can't because they never lost at Charlotte. That was such a big win. Mm-hmm. Were were there? I mean, obviously, there. I think there's some games from that year that stand out. That Purdue game at the beginning of the year. Does does that game sit in your mind at all? Of the, the kind of, I guess the final possession or two of that game. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember like it was yesterday. I, was, I think that might be, to be honest with you, the only possession that I remember from my freshman year. The only I remember games here and there. I'm really bad remembering stuff, but of course, I remember that game. I remember that possession actually. I think I got the ball and I slipped. And fell with the final possession. I remember that, but um, I think many fans in Valpolis also reminded me of that. Of that <laughs> throughout my years, so I remember that um, pretty much. But um, but uh, but yeah, it's part it's part of um, it's part of basketball. It's part of the game. So I mean, I was able to get over it really quickly. I think fans weren't able to do that, so but it's okay. You know the next the next couple of years uh, in the Mid Continent Conference there doing doing well. Uh, you didn't make it to the NCAA tournament your sophomore year, but you guys made it to the NIT. What do you remember about playing Iowa in that game? Um, I remember we were. Um, it was a pretty good game, actually. Right? It wasn't until yeah, the last very close. Minutes there, right? Yes, I think it was uh, went down to the final possession, but it was it was odd because you guys didn't make the tournament, and then I think I think the NIT said you can play, but you have to play tomorrow night. Like you only hit a very quick turnaround in order to go play at Iowa. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Um, 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 I
And I, I remember, I remember part of the game. I mean, I remember going there, and I just know that that it went down to the last, last to the, at the end of the game. That uh, it was decided at the end of the game. But I, I, I do remember them. Um, like I think it's Bruner, just uh, Horner, if I'm not mistaken. I remember, I, um, I remember like five years after that, or my my first year playing in Belgium, Bruner was there um, playing against a team that, would, that I played. Um, my very first game in Belgium, if I'm not mistaken, and um, yeah, but I, I, I remember going to the NIT. It was very disappointing not going to the NCAA, of course. I remember, obviously, the uh, the way we lost on the, on the conference to, uh, championship and tournament championship against um, IUPUI. I think that was the year that um, that uh, this guy, that was very old, he was a point guard for IUPUI, he hit a, a, a shot from the free throw line that, that actually that won them the game. Yeah, he had been in the military, I think. I forget his name. Odell Bradley, maybe, was his name? I, I'm oh, sorry. Bradley, Odell Bradley was their three-fourth man. I remember playing against him on, uh, on, the, on the CBA. Um, was it Crenshaw, maybe? Uh, Renshaw, Red, Crenshaw, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was him. That was him, yeah. And then your junior year, you come back, and you make it to the NCAA tournament then again, right? You went to, uh, you guys played Gonzaga. Yeah, you were named Midcon All Tournament Team, fifteen point seven points and seven point three assists in that. And now you come to your senior year. When when were you hurt? When when did you notice that your foot was starting to bother you? I remember. Okay, so this is this is how it happened. Uh, in the preseason, it was bothering me a little bit, but not. I don't. There wasn't much information about what was going on with my foot, um, and um, I just I just knew that like I think Kobe Bryant had it. Um, Back then, um, so I just remember. I think it was the okay. The very first game we played Cincinnati that year, didn't we? Yes, you had seven points okay. and seven assists in that game. Yeah, and and, and I think I called out that game and it started hurting a little bit. But I, I just remember the Central Michigan game. Um, it was we were we were there. I think Cayman. We were playing against Cayman, right? Yes, Chris. Yes, who later went on to play with the Clippers, I believe. So I remember that game. I remember that um, it was hurting me a lot, and um, in the warm-ups and then throughout the game, there was a point that I think um, I was so hurt on that game that I had to foul out because um, tackle coach. I, I, I didn't tell. I didn't tell coach, but I was so I was I was so hurt that game that I couldn't do anything. So I was like, let me just foul out. I can't. I can't even play right now. Um, 
and I started I started crying after the um, <laughs> during the game, and then my brother was there. I remember he came visit me, um, and I came out crying out of the locker room because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on with my foot. Um, so after that, we decided to go to the doctor at Valpol, and um, and 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 the doctor said that I was that, uh, just take a couple of days off and you'll be able to play, and and he didn't. It didn't um, go together with how I was feeling. So, so I, I remember Homer got really mad at me because um, he thought that I just didn't want to play. Um, and so I tell him, I, I, I mean, he's like, the doctor said that you can play. I know the doctor said that I can play, but I cannot. I mean, I cannot move. I cannot do anything. And, and, and the pain was unbearable. I remember I had to wear like a night splint, um, a night a, a splint on my foot to sleep with my with my foot a certain way, because the mo- in the morning the the pain was the worst. Um, I couldn't get up from bed. I had to like actually get up, warm up my foot in my be- on my bed for like five ten minutes, and then get up. And it still hurt, but it would like I-, I remember getting out of bed in the morning sometimes and just falling uh, on the ground because the pain was crazy. So I get a shot on my foot. I try to play again. Um, it didn't work, and and just they just just try to push me to play and play and play and, and and I know how to play with pain especially like right now as a pro I've been able to play with pain for so many so many different occasions but I wasn't able to play um back then so so I mean I, in other parts of my body of course because right now I don't have any problems with my feet but um but um so I, I what I do is um uh I'm sorry okay um so what I did was I told Homer, I was like, I have to go home. I have to get another opinion because I think I went to two doctors at Valpo and they all said the same thing, oh, you can play. So so what I did was um, to finally come home to Puerto Rico, get an MRI, and there's this um, foot specialist doctor here that who's the one that has been um, able to actually, I thank him so much because, especially in my career, because he's been able to, like, I've had the, the plantar fasciitis problem after college also, and he's the one that um, as soon as it happened, he attacked her right away, and he gave me that um, I had surgery with him, and I was able to play again. Um, so, so I came here, got the MRI, and, um, and he said that my 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 fascia, which is uh, the, the tendon uh, um, at the bottom of my foot, said that he said it was nine millimeters in the normal and the normal fascia was three millimeters so mine was three si- three times the size of the fascia and that's why it was so painful and that's why i wasn't able to to like function well so that's when i got upset at the whole situation of valpo because he, he's telling me doctor he's telling me i don't know how you can even walk and 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 then both of the doctors there are telling me that um that oh you can play you can play you'll be fine you'll be fine and so it made me mad that that I don't know what was going on there I don't know why they were saying that I can play when actually a doctor that that I just came to know back um back then just told me look this is the situation oh this is another thing I I never got an MRI at Buffalo I got an, I had to get an MRI paid for myself here in Puerto Rico and um and so. So it was just a very tricky kind of suspect situation, um, and and so when so I, I I was mad. I decided to stay in Puerto Rico for the whole Christmas break, um, and when I came back, I had a, a 
like meeting with Homer and he said he was very disappointed and like I mean I understand if he was disappointed but obviously my, my health was first. Um, I had to take care of that and we decided to rest shirt for the for the rest of the year. And then what's that like? So now Jared Lloyd is, is comes in and is getting you know, he's kind of thrown into the fire a little bit and then you come back for your red shirt senior year and you're not really the point guard anymore. I don't really know what position you played. You're more of a of a small forward, I guess, when you were playing. I I didn't really get the sense of of where you were playing that year. It was, uh, it was all around. Like I was I was actually um, because there's no there was no power. I had a little power on on my computer, and I was I went to my house and got a bunch of DVDs, and I went um, I watched a bunch of games, especially that senior year. Um, and um, I saw, I didn't start sometimes. Sometimes I started at the one, and some other times I started at the two. Um, it, it was all around the place. I mean, we were going all around the place. And, and it was very disappointed because um, it was more of my, it was more of my NBA dream being shattered back then because I knew I was going to play professionally after that anywhere, um, whether it was Puerto Rico or, or anywhere in the world. So I mean, it was it was it was fine, but obviously as a as a as a player, I knew I would do. I was creating some buzz from my junior year, um, uh, and then and then so for 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 him, I don't know for for them to do that. Uh, it, 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 obviously, I didn't I didn't. Uh, it was affecting me personally, but I didn't let it affect the team. And I don't know why they were trying. They were designed to do that. I don't know if they're trying to teach me a lesson. I was I mean I, I was a grown up back then and and. and and I didn't, I didn't need that. But um, but yeah, it was all. I some some games I'll start, the next game I wouldn't start, and, and it was all over the place, man. I, and I and I knew he did it because of retaliation of what happened the year before. That senior year, your redshirt senior year, mm-hmm. there was so much talent on that team. Dan Opland was a senior. Ron Howard, Mo Kone came in for the year. Uh, what was that like? Adding a player like that, you know, basically late in the summer. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was kind of a um, Mo was a great player, man. I remember he could jump out of the gym, um, play great defense, rebounding and stuff. Um, Dan was amazing, man. I mean, Dan was Dan is, is a self-made player. I remember he wasn't. Uh, I mean, he was always good, but but the things that he, I, I was I was watching a couple of the games. I mean, he. He turned himself into a three-point shooter, three-point threat. Uh, obviously, down low, he had the short jumper. Um, he was great, and then obviously, Ron with the quickness. Um, he um, and I know actually he came to Puerto Rico to play as an import, and I, we played against each other. Um, and and obviously, he did some great things with um, with the Mad Ants over there in um, in Indiana. Um, so so I mean we had we had some great time. I remember I remember towards the end, which is this is another thing I don't understand. Towards the end of the season of the senior season before the conference tournament, I started like six, seven I don't know how many games. I just remember we had a great run which um accommodated us for a good seat on the tournament and then and then the day before the tournament, Homer tells me that, Yeah, I'm gonna start Jerry, I'm not gonna start you. Yeah, like we come here on the rhythm, winning so many games towards the end of the season. We come in the rhythm, and then, I mean, you're not gonna start me. Um, but at that point, there's so many different things that were going on. Uh, uh, 
mean, that's how I was like, okay, whatever, man. I mean, I, what else can I do? But, but I do remember I was so mad that um, it affected me in the game. In the very last, the very last game, um, I went for a block against. I think it was a little short, um, short point guard for for Or Roberts. Um, and he, he he went up for a layup. I tried to uh, block it, but then he hit my body. And when I fell down, obviously I um, I um, something happened on my on my wrist. I had, I had to get surgery. I wasn't able to play in Puerto Rico that year after after my senior year. So it was it was it was so many things. But yeah. But back to the question. Great talent, great talented team. But um, we weren't able to put it together towards the end. You had uh, a number of stops after after your college career. You played in Belgium, and I remember the last time I saw you, we were in Las Vegas. You were out there with a tryout with the Knicks. What was the NBA experience like for you? Oh, it was great. It was great. Um, what happened was I was playing in the CBA, and um, and my team folded. I was playing with Utah, and um, <clears throat> and then um. But my agent got me a job in Belgium, like, 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 not even like one day after the team folded, and and the Knicks, um, they were trying to they were trying to get some point guards, and um, they gave they offered my agent they offered me a ten day contract, and um, and so what happened in that situation was that um, my agent and me we talked to my to my coach in Belgium. And um, and we told him the situation. He's like, I'm not gonna let you go. I need a point guard here. I'm not gonna let you go. The only way I'll let you go is if, if, if they offered you a guarantee contract. And I understand, and I'll let you go. But I'm not gonna let you go because I need you out here. And and the Knicks were not going to give me um, a guarantee contract. I mean, but they never saw me. They they just went by my stats. Um, and they were able they were able to offer me a ten contract. But uh, but now I knew a guarantee contract wasn't gonna be there. So, so the season goes by, and then they gave me um, an invitation for the summer league. And um, the problem is the summer league. Uh, we go to the summer league, and Isaiah Thomas was the president back then. And um, I remember who was the president of the coach. I don't remember, but he was like he came to us, and, and I remember um, Ronaldo Bagman was on the team. Nate Robinson, David Lee, Shadley Grant, um, not Shadley Randall, um, Randolph Morris. All these guys were on their contract for them already. And so he sat us down and was like, look, out of the, I don't remember, how, like 80% of the team is on their contract. <clears throat> we only have like one roster spot. So what we're doing is we're giving all the playing time to these guys because we want to develop them. Uh, so basically we just went there. We were, we had a free trip kind of thing. But the, but the experience was great. Um, the treatment was great. Uh, obviously in Vegas, I remember the wing, um, the wing hotel just opened. That's where we stayed. So that I mean, it was it was top notch. And you've done, uh, in addition to basketball, you've done a lot of music stuff in your career. Uh, talk to me about how you got involved in music. Are you still doing that? Yes, yes, still doing it. Um, it's more, it's, it's more, um, it's not a job, so, so it's more of a hobby. And um, I've always been involved in it. I remember me like one way that I learned English was. Um,
took her with him. And and so what we did is uh, it was great. We all laughed. And what we did when I came back to Puerto Rico, we just um we did a music studio. We 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 made a music studio, and uh, from that point on, I've been going on stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm here the, during the season. I don't record as much, but then on the off season, I just record. And I've been I've had I've had some shows and, and stuff like that. But I take that more easily and more as a stress reliever. But I mean, it it, it pays off. Um. Fan base is good. Uh, you see what what's what gonna happen with that. I'm not I'm not stressing too much over it, but I mean I love it and, and I have a little following at least. <laughs> Very good. Uh, are you still you're still playing basketball right now? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I just got been playing with the with the here in Puerto Rico. I have, we went to the semifinals in 2015. Went to the finals last year, and then this past year. Um, I went to a new team and I was playing with um, Carlos Arroyo um, and, um, and some other some other good players. So we went to the semifinals, we lost in the semifinals. But um, but yeah, I'm playing and I'm right now. I'm actually before I talked to you, I was talking to my agent and trying to find a place to go and play, whether it's Europe or Mexico, South America. Yeah, trying to trying to squeeze a couple more years before I finally decide to uh, to uh, hang up my hang up my shoes. <laughs> Uh, a couple quick questions for you. Who was the toughest Valpo player that you had to guard in practice? Who? Uh, toughest? I think. Man, I remember my freshman year, Falu. Do you remember Tony Falu? Oh, oh, yeah, Tony Falu. Yeah, he was, man. He, I know he had some problems and everything, but that guy could play in the post. He could play uh, uh, um he had handles. He had uh, the shot. Um, I mean, there was a, him, uh, and obviously, um, um, and Lewis. Lewis was pretty good too. It was pretty good too. It was tough. It was tough Yeah. I'm gonna guess that you were a pretty good trash talker on the court. Was there anybody on the team in your Valpo teams that could uh, that could talk some good trash with you? You know what? I don't talk trash. You know, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I'm pretty, I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty neutral when I play. Um, but um, man, trash talkers. Um, who? Mo, Mo Kone was was model. I remember talking trash. <laughs> man, it was. I don't. How do I explain it? It was, it was hard to talk trash um, about. But we were more like. I don't know. I don't think it was allowed. <laughs> Your uh, your sophomore year, I think you dyed your hair blonde. Did that go over well with the coaching staff? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it, yeah, I did during the summer. So okay. It wasn't, um, wasn't any repercussions for that. So, so I did it during the summer. I remember that. Um, you know, I did that again, actually, like, like tweet, like, um, I did it in December. And then the month after that, the Puerto Rico Bay, on um, the the World Baseball Classic, the whole team, the whole team died for, um, for, died of blonde. Well, and, and the, it, was a, it was like an epidemic in the island. Everybody in the island was born. Um, and so, I mean, it's just a little phase, but, um, but uh, yeah, I remember it was, it 
I remember I, I came back uh, when I was no longer a student here before I was back in town, and I, I bumped into a few of you guys at an open gym, and I saw your hair like that. And I'm like, oh, I bet Homer loved that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I personally didn't like it, but, um, but I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty, it was pretty certain that for the season one, it wasn't going to be like that. <laughs> Do you have a favorite win that you remember from your time at Valpo? Absolutely. Good to talk to you, Ali. Uh, just great memories. Do you keep in touch with any of your old teammates from Valpo? Um, well, like I said, Ron Howard, we, we played against each other. I kept in touch with him. Um, I've, seen, I, I've, I've seen a couple of them, obviously. We, we, I know what's going on with their life on through Facebook and stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I'm actually going to try to see if I can go back to Valpo during this, um, this um, November. Um, if I'm able to do it, if I'm not, if I haven't been, if I'm not going anywhere to play, um, then I'll probably go visit. I think it's a good time to go back and and, and obviously see the place. I know that the, the place has changed a lot, and, and I'm excited for that to see everything that has transcended throughout the years there. Well, very good, Ali. We wish you the best of luck in everything that's going on in Puerto Rico right now. And uh, you know, I, I just think that it's great to be able to chat with you. The cleanup effort continues, and I hope to see you in November. Thank you. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Appreciate it.